Welcome to the Seek Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Erin Falbo, your host for this season. Each week, we're sharing content that dives into the heart of the gospel, who God is, who we are, and what it means to live in relationship with Him. We're excited to walk with you as you encounter the Lord. In this episode, Sister Bethany Madonna continues her theme from last year, femininity and the gift, which explains daughterhood. You know, this talk is a continuation of my theme from last year, so I call it Femininity and the Gift, Part (laughs) 2. So a few years ago, I was living at our convent in Manhattan, where vulnerable pregnant women live with us uh, through their pregnancy as our guests. And one day, an urgent call came in, and it was Anna. She was at the hospital and needed an emergency C-section. So I take off running the 10 blocks to her hospital. I get there, and... She's already been taken in for preps. So I'm told, sister, you have to put these scrubs on now. And I'm handed a blue beret, um, a blue oversized shirt, and blue drawstring pants. And um, the nurses are looking at me, and I'm looking at the nurses, and I'm like, "Um, a little privacy, please? Um, (laughs) So so I stuff myself into the pants, and I I run in in my scrubs into the OR, I really wasn't expecting uh, the sight before me, but they actually had her positioned in cruciform. So she was literally stretched out like this. And Anna goes, sister, hurry. And I was like, Anna, I'm here, I'm here. She goes, okay, I'm so scared. Can you recite Psalm 23? My grandma always did. And I was like, Psalm 23, Psalm 23, what's a psalm? I I, I really, I, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I was like, I couldn't remember the rest, so I'm like, he, he holdeth the lambs in his bosom, and he leadeth the ewes with care. And she was like, that's not how it goes. <laughs> and then suddenly the baby was crying, and they put all four pounds of this little one, and they nestled her right next to her mother's face. And uh, Anna said, her name is Grace. And as soon as she spoke, little Gracie put these little, long, tiny fingers out of her blanket and squeezed her mother's lips in recognition of the voice. So from the first moment of your existence, you were called into being to experience life as daughter, beloved daughter, welcomed, cherished, protected. At baptism, you received grace, and the blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, came to dwell in your soul, and you are never alone. This is the foundation. I belong totally to God. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we bless you, and we praise you. We love you, and we so desire to know your love. We open our hands and our hearts to you, and we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus, for this grace. Send out your Holy Spirit, Father come upon us that we would receive deeply your love, your choice, your desires. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Your son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So two women came to our new convent in Phoenix, Arizona recently, and uh, we received a call that the missionary image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which was blessed by St. John Paul II, and When you're in her presence, it's the same grace as if you're in front of her presence in Guadalupe, uh, in front of the Toma. 
And so they said, she needs a permanent chapel. Can she stay with you? I was like, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You know, and I certainly wasn't afraid to take Mary into my house. So three days later, we get another call from a priest who said, sisters, I have a first-class relic of St. Mary Magdalene. I wanted to bring her over and give her to you as a gift. There were two Marys at the foot of the cross of Jesus, Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. And we can look at both of them to know what it means to be a woman. When I first entered religious life, one of my fellow postulants was talking about her blood sister, uh, Madonna. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, your parents named your sister Madonna? Just like that. She welled up with tears and her face flushed. And she answered me, it's for the Blessed Mother. I could not believe that my first association was a pop singer who had stolen and desecrated Our Lady's name. Something happened to me, and I knew it needed to be reclaimed. This is not who woman is. This is not why she was created. It gave me this window into the culture's perception of woman as uh, domineering, sensual, vulgar. No. <laughs> Madonna means my lady, and it's the possessive. So from the cross, Jesus said to you and to me, behold your mother. She repeated this at Guadalupe, saying, am I not here who have the privilege of being your mother? She's our model, our guide, our refuge. She is woman, the new Eve. You know, after the fall of Eve in the garden, God said to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her offspring and your offspring. The enemy attacks in woman what he hates in Our Lady, daughterhood, virginity, maternity. So in woman, he sees Mary's reflection, and he's gunning for the purity of our hearts. And he wants to warp motherhood into a seeming curse, rather than our crown, <laughs> our glory. How many women are coming off the pill that their mothers put them on, and are working through the pain of that betrayal and its ramifications on their understanding of the sacred dignity of their own bodies, of femininity, and of meeting sexual expectations. Father, forgive them. They knew not what they were doing. Sex is sacred, and it bonds husband and wife, and the two become one flesh. It's the privileged place where new life comes into being and is welcomed. This is God's plan. <clears throat> and as we pray in the litany of trust, your plan is better than anything else. We served an NYU uh, master's film student, and I'm going to call her Brenna. She found herself pregnant and terrified. Day one of film school, they were told, if you want to succeed, never have a child. She worked hard, four hours a night of sleep. Um, now her dream was fading. Brenna was not raised with any faith, and she considered herself a proponent of choice. But this called everything into question. Friends told her to exercise her right. Her boyfriend was manipulative, 
Why are you choosing to ruin my life instead? Even his mother said to her, If you have the abortion, I'll be so proud of you. After her first abortion, Brenna had cried for a year, so now suicide was a temptation. She'd never prayed to God, uh, but there she was, sick in her bed, and she cried out in desperation, God, help me. The very next day, through an agency, our sisters got her number, came over to her apartment, and began to help her. Brenna started seeing that she had dignity. She experienced her own goodness and began to love that little baby. Her boyfriend tried to make her feel worthless. So in a moment of clarity, she stood up to him and she said, Hey, you are a loser. I am a queen, and this baby is a gift. Yeah. Recently, her little daughter came to her and said, Mommy, I have a rock in my shoe. Brenna recounted, as I took her shoe and sock off and began brushing her little foot with my hand, I had a profound realization. I love serving another person. This culture pawns off freedom as like, me, my rights. Nobody tells me what to do. I make my own reality. Well, I love to insert St. John Paul II's notion of freedom here. He said this, and it's something far more ennobling. True freedom is self-mastery. It's self-control. You know, in our community, we don't have personal cell phones, uh, but we have these like shared travel cell phones, and we've named them all after the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So for example, when we, when we go to the March for Life and we need to stay connected with each other, it's like, hey, sister, call me. I have self-control. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, our team has joy. Okay, has anyone seen gentleness? I haven't, I haven't seen it in a while. Um, <laughs> So, rising out of the ashes of this toxic femininity, we need to fight the temptation to despair, that chastity isn't possible. You know, and we do this by living in the Spirit, and the fruits will grow in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, Mary Magdalene can speak into this for us. At the house of Simon the Pharisee, she bathed Jesus' feet with her tears. She kissed them. She anointed them. Simon was judging what sort of woman she was. And so Jesus asked him, Do you see this woman? Because I see her. I see her heart. The one who is forgiven much loves much. Love covers a multitude of sins. Jesus went on to say, wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done for me will be recounted. Today is a new day, and I proclaim to you news of great joy. We have been given a Savior, and he came to heal the brokenhearted and to set captives free. His mercies are new every morning, and that means this morning. Behold, I make all things new. Have you ever heard a song that just makes you burst into tears? It's like completely uncontrollable. Uh, Josh Garrels wrote one called At the Table, and it's about the father calling the prodigal home. I'm going to sing the refrain to you just a little bit. So it goes like this. <clears throat> Come on home, home to me, and I will hold you in my 
faithful be, there will always, always be a place for you at my table. Return to me. That's the song that's being sung over us. The Father himself loves you, and he misses you when you're not near. We don't have to create our own identity. We've received ours from the Father. We are beloved daughters, and nothing ever changes that. The time has come for a radical restoration of innocence through Mary, our mother. Ladies, wherever you are this morning and whatever choices you've made, and with a special reverence towards those who have suffered in any way at the hands of others, we all can open our hearts to receive this grace of a radical restoration of our innocence. Your love is good, and it's worth fighting for. So set the bar high and don't lower it for anyone. It's better to be lonely than to be used. Uh, and pornogra pornography and masturbation, they only deepen loneliness. Um, however, by rejecting and resisting this, this turning inward, women are called to make a gift of themselves. In our presence, our affections, <laughs> our creativity and attentiveness, is given to real people who have real needs as a gift. We find ourselves in the gift of ourselves. Jesus is the divine bridegroom of our souls. <laughs> he is alive and he's with us in our journeys. He knows our infinite need for infinite love and he's the only one who can satisfy it. Let me tell you about Jenny. When we first spoke, she was a fresh women's and gender studies grad she was teaching yoga and civilly married to another woman. She'd had an encounter with the Lord and needed help making sense of it. Now, she had already explored other denominations, uh, avoiding Catholicism and its seeming restrictions, but the Lord kept inviting her over and over. This is the fullness. She was introduced to the Eucharist, and I'd like to quote her directly when she entered an adoration chapel for the first time. She said this, I walked in, and the air was heavy, like it was full of something I couldn't name. Without breaking my gaze, I sat down. I wanted to laugh and look around and say, are you seeing this? Is anybody seeing this? It's Jesus. I sat there transfixed. His absolute presence had me. I knew I needed him. Whatever the cost, I needed him. Whatever it took, it didn't matter. She left her partner, quit her job, joined RCIA, and began to piece together the truth versus the distortions that she had believed and lived out of for so long. She said this, before Jesus, being a woman didn't mean anything. It was convoluted because it was fluid. It, it could change. Anyone could be a woman if they felt like it. But after encountering him, I knew that wasn't the case, especially when praying with his mother and meditating on her femininity. Now, being a woman is gentle, but it's strong. More than anything, it's concrete. 
It's unchanging. You know, healing takes time, and it's a daily giving of ourselves over in trust and gratitude, grieving the losses and basking in the glory of having been singled out by God for choice graces. It's allowing ourselves to be loved back into life. Let's usher in a new era of authentic Catholic femininity in all of its beauty, purity, strength, and influence. Let's ask Our Lady, Blessed Mother, help us to grow, help us to heal, help us to become more and more who we were meant to be. Help us, Blessed Mother, to imitate your love and your virtue. Help us to be humble and receptive and creative and obedient to the Holy Spirit in all things. You know, at Cana, Mary shares the secret of her life. Do whatever he tells you. What did he tell us? As the Father loves me, so I love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you remain in my love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be complete. So let's remain in his love so that our joy can be complete. Amen. Thanks for listening, friends. To hear more content from speakers like this, join us for Seek 24 in St. Louis, January 1st through the 5th. Visit seek.focus.org to learn more.